Hello, welcome to Remember When. I'm Carl Schulteis, president of the King of Prussia Historical Society, and I'll be your host for this television series. UMGA-TV and the Historical Society are continuing this series as an oral history project of life and community in Upper Marion Township. In their own words, we want the people who live the history of Upper Marion Township to tell us about that history. This edition features Frank Janoski. Frank tells us about growing up in Upper Marion, marrying his upper high school sweetheart, raising their family, and starting a business. Let's sit back and listen to Frank. Remember when? Frank, thanks for coming by today, and uh, we're anxious to hear your story. I understand that uh, you're uh, uh, born and raised here in Upper Marion? Yes. 86 years. Okay. Well, right there, you know where Schumacher Road is? Yes. You know where the Yankee Doodle is? Yes. Well, I was born right there where the bar is, and then four houses in that row. Okay. What uh, the uh, what were those houses uh, originally put up for? Were they part of a... Uh, well, that was part of the quarry deal when, when Thompson and Wyman built that factory there. It ended up at uh, White Pigment, mm -hmm. and uh, they were rental houses. My dad rented a house for... Nine dollars a month then. That was for the workers then. Yeah. Okay. Then after they closed that quarry up, it was closed for a long time, and uh, they just kept renting it for nine dollars a month. What year were you born? Now eighty-six years 1918. ago. Nineteen eighteen. Nineteen eighteen. All right. Yep. I worked on all those farms around there too. Oh, yeah. Yep. And the, where the village mart is, as a farm belonged to J. Uh, J.K. Schumacher worked that farm, and he was a road supervisor for the township. He was. When he, they had a horse, there was a quarry over there on Yerkes Road. It's filled in now. It's called Yerkes Quarry. I was telling, what's the name here? But it, um, we used to harness that horse up there at the village mart and walked all the way over to that quarry over Yerkes Road by itself. They used it down in the quarry hole to pull the cars around and take the stone up to the crusher. And when they got done with him at the end of the day, I unhooked him and he came all the way back to the barn by himself. Okay. <laughs> That's when the Italians used to break stone with a 25-pound sledgehammer uh -huh. down there. They had no jackhammers or anything. And I remember the one Italian fellow worked there. His name was Joe Patsy. He lived there on Gulf Road. That house is still there. And he was one of the Italians that worked down there breaking that stone. And that's when they had the dirt roads around there. There's a spring down there below the village mart. We used to carry the spring water from there to where I lived for drinking water and worked on that farm. I pretty nearly lost my feet in that farm with a sickle bar mower. Who? Chasing our chickens so they wouldn't get cut. Oh. Yeah. Well, there was a, there's a spring house there next to the houses. Uh, is that where the water source was? or uh, No, yeah, there was a spring down at... Before you come to Gulf Road, there's a house right near there. It was part of that farm. The farmer lived in that uh, farmhouse, and there was a wall around that spring. It must have been 12 by 12, and it had old pebble stones down there. The water used to bubble out of that, and we used to go down there with buckets to get drinking water to take home from there. Mm -hmm. But I guess they closed that all up. Now, people used to come from all over to get water there, carry it there. Then that ended up as a creek went down all the way down across Henderson Road, down into the river. We should stop there and get the water for mom to wash her clothes with down the creek. We'd take a boiler down there and get the water down there. We used to drink the water out of there too. Mm -hmm. And a little crayfish under the stones there and 
minis in there. We'd drink water if we were thirsty out of that creek. <laughs> yeah, that and when, and down further, right where the car wash is now, you know, in the Henderson Road, yeah. right near there was the we used to dam it up and swim there. There's a big mulberry tree we used to swim it. We'd dam it up about four foot and sometimes we wouldn't do a good job on it and the pressure pushed the thing over and all the workmen for nothing. <laughs> then there was an old man used to pick, well, they call it catnip. It's peppermint along the railroad and they used to bunch it and sell it for five cents a bunch. And he used to have a, well, they used to have a canned milk called Everyday Milk. He used to cut the lid open and get water and, and heat it up on a little fire there while we were swimming and have tea and a slice of bread, nothing on the bread. He used to come down here watch us swim yeah. underneath the mulberry trees. Well, my parents, they were hard workers, they were. My, my dad, he worked and he lost his house after he paid it off for four mortgages. A month before he died, he paid the thing off. That's how bad things were back in the 30s. Mm -hmm. He remortgaged that house four times. And then he used to, it right, we, we lived over there on Crooked Lane. The house is still there. My cousins live in it now. And when we lived over at Henderson Road there, where the, where the Yankee Doodle Inn is, he had a motorcycle with a sidecar. Mom and he used to go all the way to Swedesburg, to Sacred Heart Church, to go to church. Then he had a, a single motorcycle with no sidecar on it. He used to ride that around. Then when he went to a car, we took that motorcycle with a sidecar on when we moved over to Crooked Lane. We used to ride it through the field on him. <laughs> he kept it for a souvenir. Mm -hmm. But we had a walk from Crooked Lane all the way to Sacred Heart Church to go to church. Yeah, that was a good walk. That's yeah. a good walk. You're darn right it was a good walk. And even when we lived over there Yellow Row, we call it there, the Yankee Doodle there, we call it the Yellow Row. We had a walk from there all the way to Sweetsburg to church. And we had to go to church too. There's no bull only around. <laughs> you had to go to church or else. Same way as picking blackberries, strawberries. You took a 10 quart bucket. You had to go dunk them home till it's full. <laughs> okay. And that railroad ties, we used to go up on a railroad, pick railroad ties and cut it up for firewood, bring it home and you stacked it too. And we had no heat, had one pot belly stove in mom's bedroom. And we slept in what they call the attic at the third floor. It had little windows up there like basement windows. You had a gooch down mattress and you jumped in that thing. You had that ice on the windows about a half inch thick in the wintertime. That's how cold it was. You got out of that and you ran right straight down and got warmed up and down. You weren't allowed in the living room only on a holiday on Christmas or Easter. We lived in the kitchen all the time. You had a swinging door between the kitchen and the dining room. And on the holidays you'd eat at the dining room in the dining room and that's it but you ate in the kitchen all the time mm -hmm. and you didn't go in the living room till a holiday mm -hmm. and I remember we had a radio at Water Kent and every night it used to be Amos and Andy on and Lowell Thomas we were allowed to go in there and lay on the floor and listen to that and then shut the radio off okay <laughs> I, re I remember Amos and Andy and Lowell Thomas and uh, that's it and then you come in and sit in the kitchen and you ate what was on the table too. You didn't go no Geno's or any place. You ate what mom made for supper. You didn't eat. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. You didn't. You didn't get nothing else to eat. Yeah. Where did your dad work? He worked at up here in Port Kennedy for the longest time at uh, Earth's Magnesia. There, it was an asbestos place. Mm -hmm. They made that. Right. Then he ended up at uh, Keysby Madison in Norristown. 
you got that asbestos poisoning. He died from that. But prior to that, he worked for uh, Bulgers in Norristown that made this building block. The courthouse is made out of all that stone mm -hmm. that and Bridgeport, well, it was Bridgeport National Bank here on the corner. All that came from Bulgers, too. Down there in Norristown, he worked for them for years where they cut that block and stuff. So that's where he worked. And then when things are slow there, he worked at Valley Forge. I'll never forget on a private estate up there near the covered bridge. <laughs> He had to go to the bathroom. He's walking across the field, and there comes a bull across there. <laughs> he couldn't get out of the road. That bull rolled him and busted his ribs up, too. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. But yeah. Papa was a hard worker, though, yeah. you know. Yeah. But he slept in his bedroom with the windows wide open in the wintertime. Don't matter how cold it was, wide open. Then he put a stocking on his head. <laughs> okay. He wanted fresh air when he was sleeping. Yeah. How about your mom? Tell me a little bit about her. Well, she... She wasn't as bad as him with that that style of living, you know. She was a real homemaker, and that was, you know, didn't have too much to say. And uh -huh. he bought you around and give you the devil. And we had a razor strap back at the cellar door. If you got a whipping, you got a whipping with that. <laughs> Same way as in school. When we went to school, well, I went to the Burden Hand. You know where the Burden Hand yes. was? Uh -huh. yeah. It's a house now. Right. That wall's still there, and the steps are still there out by the road. Right. And we had first and second grade on the first floor, third, fourth, and fifth on the second floor. And uh, the woman that took Mrs. Kane, she had charge of the, the heater and everything. And when she'd go out to put coal on the heater, she'd name a monitor and take names down to whoever misbehaved. And she'd come up, she'd look at the names. She didn't ask you any questions. You go out there in the cloakroom where there's a two by four and a two inch rubber hose, you got it. But don't go home and tell mom because you got more. <laughs> now you can't do that. <laughs> no, absolutely. No. Yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't hurt us with all that stuff we yeah. did down there. Yeah. Then down the bottom there, at the end of Sweetland Road, where it comes to the Gulf Road, there was a candy store there. Then where you come out of the, off the expressway down on Gulf Road there, this side of the expressway, they had a store down there and had one gas pump there. Then it ended up with a tap room in there. Mm -hmm. It was Sprague's had that, and McIntyre's had the tap room there. I had one sister and three brothers. And three brothers. Yeah, they're okay. all dead, everyone. Did, did they uh, live in the area through the years? No, my brother, the oldest one, lived in country. In fact, my second oldest brother, he lived in the place he just tore down there in Crooked Land, Hughes Park. They're building townhouses in there mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. He had a gas station there and, and whatnot, and then he... We got to a point where he was doing all right there. Then his wife started giving out freebies too much, so he closed the store up. <laughs> too many relations getting in there for freebies, so <laughs> he closed it up. And he, he was a good mechanic. He worked for Alwood Steel when they had trucks over there. He worked over there. And um, they bought that place cheap for $10,000. And I forget this. The, one of the sons finally ended up with it, and I forget what he got for it with this outfit that's building townhouses there now. $300,000 for those things. But, uh, no, they worked hard at it in New Orleans. My oldest brother, he was a ground superintendent out Valley Forge Military Academy. Yeah, he was a ground superintendent there. And my brother, the one next to me, he had his own landscaping business and stuff like that. Snow plowing and whatnot there. And my sister was, well, she's just a housewoman. She got burnt in the house fire. She couldn't get out of the house. She got so fat, she couldn't make it out the door. 
Ooh. out the window. Ooh. Yep, she got burnt when she went in the hospital. She just died. She was burnt completely all over. Oh, she was too heavy to get out the window. Jeez. The uh, you went to Burdenhead School, you said. Tell us a little bit about Burdenhead School. Well, the Burdenhead School. I walked from. That's when we had to walk right from uh, Schumacher Road all the way down there. Mm -hmm. The school, don't matter where you had two foot of snow or a foot, you went to school. Then they had first and second grade on the first floor, one teacher, and third, fourth, and fifth on the second floor, Miss Kane. And she used to eat the stinkest, sharpest cheese. You could smell it when she ate her lunch with a sandwich and that cheese. She used to love that cheese. <laughs> Mrs. Kane, I remember that. And um, after that, I went to Sweeland School for one year, then that's when they built the new high school. And I started out there in junior high school, seventh grade. Right. Remember so, any instance, anything else about Burdenhand School beside the, uh, um, the the smelly cheese sandwich, uh, sandwiches she ate? Well, we, uh, it was a dam like, down in the back of the school, and we used to call it the monkey swing. It was like a heavy grapevine that was on the tree. And during recess, we used to go down and swing across the pond right. with that hoping the thing wouldn't break while we're going out there. We used to have a lot of fun with that. We had outhouses down there, had to pump to pump your water for drinking, and that's about it. Yeah. And you helped to sweep the snow off the steps and whatnot. Then okay. um, You went there for, what, six years? Five, five years. Five years, and I had to go to Sweden for the sixth grade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How'd you get over there? That's a, that's a, and that's when they start getting the buses. Okay. They had three buses that were Blue Max and it was a Pud Hines drove one. He was a fat guy, and Walt Herzog and Ben Mullen. Well, they used to keep the one up here at Port Kennedy School. Then the other two they kept at the Sweden Firehouse. Then they had them for a few years, and they decided they sold them out to Joe Biroff. He bought them out mm -hmm. when they started getting labor problems. Somebody was telling me about the, the school bus that everybody would sit in the back and lift the front end of the bus off the ground. <laughs> Not those buses. Did. Those buses, they were the old style Mac. Yeah. yeah. They were they were big things. That's when they had to open a door with a thing like this. I used to, from where I lived on Crooked Lane, when I was going to school, I, I used to walk down. I was supposed to walk to school. Uh -huh. A certain mileage you had to walk. But I'd go down to Church Road in Crooked Lane and catch the bus that was going around the Rubble Hill and all and ride with him, and I used to open the door for him all the time. From where I lived on Crooked Lane, when I was going to school, I used to walk down. I was supposed to walk to school. Uh -huh. A certain mileage you had to walk. But I'd go down to Church Road in Crooked Lane and catch the bus that was going around the Rubble Hill and all and ride with him, and I used to open the door for him all the time in the, <laughs> in the bus. Put Hines, he used to chew tobacco all the time. Then a lot of times after football, I'd take an activity bus I'd go back to the firehouse with him. I'd help him sweep the bus out. Then he'd drop me off at the house. He'd take mm -hmm. me home. And yeah, they had them for quite a few years. They, they were blue buses, dark blue with gold lettering on them. So uh, then uh, what about junior high school? Where'd you go to junior high school? Out this original high school. They had a junior high and all. See, they, right. the Gulf first. And, Gulf and Henderson? Yeah. The, the, the first class was 1934. They were in 10th grade. They only went up to 10th grade when they opened that up at first. Mm -hmm. Then they just moved up, and we were the third class in the back of them going there. The 34 was the first, and they had 35, and we were 36. But that was the first year they opened up a high school here in the township? Where'd you go to high school Bridgeport. before that? Bridgeport. Yeah, Bridgeport. They had to go to Bridgeport. Port. Anybody went to high school. Uh -huh. 
Bridgeport was our rival in days. Yeah, had your that was the was that your big Thanksgiving Day game with yep. football team? Yep, that, that we played up in Upper Marin. There before our field was ready, we had to play out there on DeKalb Street by Henderson Road where there's a tire company, the Avellinos or right. somebody. Yeah. There's, there's a football field there. Oh, okay. They used to play there on Thanksgiving. Then over near the quarry over there on the right side, the Bethlehem Quarry, there used to be a football field there for Upper Marion AC. It was an independent team there, played there. When you say independent, what do you, uh, what do you mean? It was guys that played just on Sundays, you yeah. know. Like, they were semi-pro type of guy? Yeah, okay. yeah, they played there. I remember, I don't know if you remember, Sal Mazzarelli, he was a road boss in the township. He managed that team. He sponsored that team. Yeah. And uh, who would uh, who would they play, for instance? Different, like Bridgeport or, and Norristown. Yeah. And they had a lot of semi-pro teams around there. Yeah. Were pretty good, and Country Hawk and Clifton Heights and places like that. Mm -hmm. So that, that's where they play on Sunday. No charge. It just hand a donation, and that's all. Right. Then in the back of my mom's place, they had a baseball field. They had a lot of good baseball games here on a Sunday. I used to walk back through the field and watch them as Triple C, that was from our mothers of sorrow, they had a good good team there, and the father Tomko used to play, and I never forget the time where his two dogs running out in the field, and he started cussing at him. He said, "Get the hell out of there!" <laughs> <laughs> the dog, he was a priest yet. <laughs> yeah, so and we had something to do. We kept out of trouble all the time. If we didn't have work to do, well, you had something to take take our mind off of just playing all the time, okay. and. Um, well, like I said, it didn't hurt me to work. I, yeah. Since I've been out of school, I only lost a one day of work. That's it. Tell us a little bit more about high school. I see you graduated in 1936. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about the high school when the, when you first started. Was, you said 1934 was your first year there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, 1934, we, like I say, I don't know how many kids. But in my class, it was one class. We had 60-some kids in that class. Now they won't teach over, what, 10 or 15 now right. in the class. Right. And and you learned something when you were there too. Well, I tell you, you did something wrong. You got punished good there. Yeah. You, and um, I never forget the time, uh, Mr. Mall. He was a superintendent. He taught general language. That was the last class, uh, two days a week. And once in a while, he wouldn't show up. He depended on you going to the library and working. Well, a couple of us, I think Ray Schultz, him and I, and somebody decided to take off. We got home. Well, he found out the next day we got taken over. We had to write every word out of the dictionary till it was done. <laughs> every one of them. It took us about four weeks to do that. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, man, we had to write the words, not the, the meaning of it, but just the words. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel and I, and I forget who the other one, we just decided to take off in that last period. And he came back. <laughs> <laughs> who are your classmates? Well, Ray Schultz, and you know Ray Schultz? Yeah, I know of him. Ray Schultz, Carl Liptak, Art Cummins. They're all yeah. of them. It's in that yeah, book. book. They're all my oh, classmates. Well, okay. The um, You were playing football then, too, weren't you? Hmm? I was the captain of the football, football team in 36. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about your games. What was the... You mentioned Bridgeport was the big the big game of the year, right? Yeah, that was Thanksgiving Day. Okay. The one game I know on Thanksgiving Day, we were winning... And there was a guy by the name of Andrego who lived down across there, and he used to come up and watch the games up there. And for some reason or other, the crowd broke loose and they started a fight. They were out there with a pitchfork and all. 
<laughs> that day. We never did finish that game up. He had about three or four minutes to go. And he was one of them up there with, I think his son works out here in the Upper Marion, the Indy. Come up there with a pitchfork. <laughs> oh, Wanted to fight with him. But uh, we got beat our last game of my career at the high school there. But we didn't have too many seasoned players on that team that year. Ray Schultz was playing and a couple of others. But when we first started there, we only had 22 guys that play football. Mm -hmm. First first senior class. We had a fellow that played, and I tell my kids that, and a lot of them won't believe it. The first play we had the ball on offense was a touchdown. I don't care where we were, 80 yards or what. Mm -hmm. We had a fellow by the name of Stas Bengen. He was a 10-second track man. Mm -hmm. And you got him past the line, he was gone. Nobody catching him. Nobody catching him. He's gone. Same way as with... The coach didn't call the plays, Mr. Rob. Uh -huh. He's still living yet, too. Oh, is he? Yeah, he was our physical ed director, and he coached football, basketball, and track. And uh, he never sent plays in. The quarterback did the right. brains work. And he never ran the ball himself, and he could pass and kick. And I never see it in the pros yet when they kick to the safety man. He used to kick it off the side of his foot and go out of bounds where he wanted it. They didn't get a chance to run it back. Now they kick it to the guy to run it back. And I tell my grandchildren that we had one game we played Chester. There were champs that year. We got beat 7 nothing to Chester. They kicked the ball to us. We kept them in the hole for the first half. We kicked the ball straight back. Didn't even run it. We had a good punter, Tom Gumry. When he got the ball, he kicked it straight back. We didn't even try to run it back. We kept them in the hole for the first half, yeah. and we got beat seven nothing oh. at the end of the game. Oh. You were mentioning about your your yearbook. Could you show, uh, just show this yearbook off of here a little bit? And you had mentioned that uh, you had uh, you did the plate work on the on the inside. The art the art department. Did yeah, this. there was linoleum, it's uh. thick linoleum. We used to carve it out uh -huh. just like a printing block. Right. We carve out the design, and we take it in the press and roll the ink on it, and turn the press down right. and press this picture on the thing right yeah yeah the, you have a whole series of these pictures here all those yellow ones we did ourselves yeah we did that in the print room with a block yeah in fact i was telling what's the name i made one with a persian cat it came out beautiful i painted it and all i don't know where it got to it was mm -hmm. about 12 by 12 mm -hmm. how many uh, kids graduated uh, 60 some 60 all in one class too all in one class well they were all but we didn't class. have, like, English and stuff. We didn't have it all together. Maybe somebody took some other course while hmm. we had English or something. But as our home room, we had 60 kids in there. I see. Yeah. I understand you also on the wrestling team. I was on it, but I, could, I couldn't stand those rules up there. Mr. Mall, the superintendent, had charge that. He died to get me up there. <laughs> we had one room. It was all enclosed, no windows or anything, and a wrestling match. He said, I think you make a better wrestler than a basketball player, Frank. I went up a couple of times. I said, I can't stand these regulations up here. I'll play basketball. <laughs> Did you, you play basketball? Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't as good in basketball as I was in football, but I played anyhow with Ray Schultz and all them. Right. In fact, I, I should have brought that picture along when we, we, after we got out of high school. We had a team together, all of us that played. We independent team. In fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I still got the basketball uniform in the Cedar Closet. Oh. My, we wore satin trunks, mm -hmm. and our, there were blue with gold stripes and yellow uh, jackets there and uh, shirts. Mm -hmm. 
We'll make sure you save that. Now they wear them things down yeah. past their knees. knees. These were just yeah, regular shorts. shorts. They were all satin. Though Ray played, we all of us played played in school. We mm -hmm. stuck together and we yeah. played independent, different teams around the town. You know, right. The uh, you know, some of the uh, guys were telling me about uh, after school they'd go hunting. Uh, the um, Fran, Fran Murphy uh, was telling me about the, they would after school that they would go hunting in the in the farms near the school. Yeah. Did you do that too? No, I didn't. I didn't go for hunting. I tried that one time and. It was back in my dad's place there. A pheasant come out from back in the bushes there, and I shot at it. I had it. I waited till he got a mile away and shot at it, <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't get it. So I give up. I yeah, stick yeah, with that yeah. stuff. <laughs> Not interested in that part of it, huh? Um, yeah. Did, did you um, did you work after school or during? A, I had a job every summer. Did you? What I did worked you? in the nursery when you pull weeds out of the flowers. Where was that? Arthur Lee's Nursery, you remember oh, yeah, that? Sure, it's down there in on Crooked Lane. Crooked Lane. Yeah, that's right. I used to work there in the summer. I used to run the rototiller and 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 pull weeds and hoe weeds and everything. And they had woman, old woman, work there pull them out of the seedlings. They had a board across the two of them to sit there all day, sixty hours a week pulling weeds out of those seedlings. There, uh -huh. I was telling uh, Eileen about. Arthur Lee's his girlfriend. I don't know if you know her. She lived up there. There's a little brick house near there. Her name was Petrolina. We used to call her Pepsi Cola. Every morning he'd go down where my brother had the store there and whatnot. He'd go down and get a Pepsi Cola and walk up. And here she was having, chasing around with Arthur Lee. And he used to holler at the dogs running across the flower beds, you know, the ceiling beds. Right. But this one day I'm working down there. We're raking some beds and stuff and. She come in there, she went down, got her Pepsi Cola, and she walked over there to him, and all of a sudden I see him go down across those beds, right in it. She chased after him with a rake. She grabbed the rake off, and I know what he did, but anyhow, I said to him, I said, you holler about the dogs going across there. I said, you ran across there yourself. Well, he said, that's me. <laughs> she really, I bet it was 10 beds he went across, <laughs> feet marks all over the place. Yeah, he was something. Yeah. Well, he got murdered up there, I think. Yeah. In the That's greenhouse. Right. Yeah, there was some something up yeah. there. You're right. Yeah, so, yeah, I worked in there in the summertime a lot. Then I used to work with my brother with a tree surgeon in the summer. I had a job every summer. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to ask for it, 25 cents an hour. Yeah. I cut grass when I was a kid for 20 cents. Mm -hmm. I pushed the hand mower, and they were right. pretty hard, sure. too. Those, uh, and you trim the grass with clippers. Right. You didn't have a weed whacker. <laughs> yep. And I worked on the farms when you pull the weeds in the cornfield before they had the no-till where right. they don't use that. Right. And those cornfields are pretty long, and those roads are yeah. down there pulling them weeds out. And you got 25 cents for the whole day in your meal. I used to drink a lot of buttermilk in, in that place. <laughs> And hay, the same way they used to pitch it up with a fork. Yeah. Where, where was this farm you're talking about? Well, Schumacher had that farm. Right. Then there's one up there on uh, Wheatley Road. They had a farm. As, uh, that was their name. Uh, uh, anyhow, they had a farm. I used to work for them, too, pulling weeds in there. And I'll tell you, those rows are pretty long on a hot day. Yeah, the Shoemaker Schubert's. Farm. Schubert's. Yeah, the Shoemaker Farm. Okay, that was... The, where the village mart is now, that barn there, was that part of the farm? <laughs> and up there where all those townhouses are too. And yeah. 
they went all the way out. They owned all the way out the church road. And what was the where was the farmhouse itself? When, right there where Pasco lived. In the in the big house. That's in where the big Shoe house. That was the shoemaker farmhouse. Yeah, that's where shoemaker lived himself. Then they had the the house of, down near the spring. It was a colored fellow by the name of Henry Mead lived there, and he was the farmer. Mm -hmm. He, uh, I remember him. He had. Pretty near all gold teeth in his mouth. When he laughed, you'd see them things shine. <laughs> and, and that's when they cut hay and everything with the horses in the sickle bar more. Right. Yeah. They didn't have no balers, and they'd come with a rake. They'd rake it in a long row, and then you had to go heap it up. Uh -huh. Then they'd run the wagon down. You had so many heaps on each side, you'd throw it up there, and the fellow had to pack it in on a wagon. Right. Took it down the barn. They had a fork. They hooked a horse on a pulley and a, and a big long rope. A fork jabbed down in the thing and pick it up, took it up to Hay Mound, the guy up there would trip it and they'd shovel the stuff back, same way as cutting wheat. They'd cut it and pile it in sheaves and they'd haul it in and make a big mound of the sheaves there and then you'd get a thrasher come around. Right. A machine, an old steam thing with a baler and everything and whatnot. They'd stay there for a couple of days to do all the threshing and they'd go to some other place. Then we worked on that too. I understand your wife was a classmate of yours. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your wife. Well, <laughs> that 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 there is funny way I got to talking to her, you know. She was a cheerleader on the football team. Mm -hmm. And them days, and I tell my grandchildren all that they cheerlead in high heel shoes, black patent leather high heel shoes and a skirt. And I was very good in manual arts, which is shop. Mm-hmm. But this one day she broke her high heel, and I used to walk from where I lived over there near East Park over to the high school. And the manual arts teacher came over to me, and he says, after a game, he says, "How about fixing Mary's shoe?" I said, "I'm not fixing this shoe. Here's the keys. Go in the shop, put a couple of brads and glue on it, fix it for her." Well, that was fine. I did that. But the worst part, I never did bother with her in school. And the guys used to come out there when we had football practice. They'd say, we're going to have a party tomorrow down so-and-so's place. Mary's going to be there. No, no. I was in bed at 9 o'clock when I played football. So I got tangled up with her after school. She, she used to get jealous of me. The physical ed teacher we had, the, the girl, I used to do all the hockey field, line them and everything. She'd get me out of class to do it and all, and different things. And every time she stopped to talk to me, <laughs> My wife now she used to get jealous. She looked daggers at me, and I had no nothing to do with my wife then. Mm -hmm. So that, that's how I got tangled up with her with all this afterwards. I mean, I dated her, and here we are. We were okay. married. When uh, um, uh, where were you married? S.S. Peter and Paul's, the Ukrainian church. It's you know right, where that in, is? In, in Bridgeport, Bridgeport yeah. up on top of the hill, the one right. with the big onion in it. The onion uh, yeah. steeple. Right. They. Uh, she was very bright in school. She was in everything at the school and whatnot. And, but if, when I used to take her to movies, we walked from Sweden. She was from Sweden to Norristown. And you got to go to 7 o'clock movies, not 9. You have her home at 9. Her <laughs> father used to work. He was an old millwright at the Coke plant. Mm -hmm. And he worked day and night. A lot of times he'd fall asleep. We call it the couch in the dining room. He'd fall asleep there. And you better be out of that house when you come back at 9 o'clock. If he woke up, hey, boy. A lot of times if I was a little late getting out, he'd wake up and he'd go, hey boy, point at the door. It's time to go home. You don't stick around there after nine o'clock. It's time to go home. Time to go home. Yeah, so 
Uh, he died very young. He was only 58. He got emphysema and stuff. He worked around that coal dirt and everything. Right. He was a millwright and everything like that. He worked day and night. At, very good. Mm -hmm. So, like I say, she she was a good girl. I mean, I had no complaints about her, but like I said, it, she was jealous of me with that school teacher. And I had nothing to do with that school teacher. <laughs> just friendly with her, that's all. That's because she used to take me out of class and let me go out and line the hockey right. field and do different things for her, you know. Because right. I never objected to doing a thing so so she, after you were married where'd you live we lived at home for about a year then i lived down at i used to i don't know if you remember elliot's who lived down on arden road by the creek air that white house golf and arden road by the hanging rock oh, yeah i got you okay. well he was on the school board then he used to come out and watch us the practice football he was a commanding lieutenant in the navy he owned the philadelphia life insurance so um, I was working shift work at Coke plant, and he asked me to do some work around the house. I took care of his adopted kids and did a little work around the house, flowers and stuff. I'd work about four hours a day, and I'd go to work at the Coke plant. So he knew that I was looking for a house, so he said, will you take a house if I build it for you and live in it? So he built a little cottage up there for me, built that, and I worked my rent out there and made a few extra bucks there, that's where I lived for about six years. And when the kids got grown, the one had asthma at the time. And so we moved back to mom's place for a while. Then we bought the house we have now in, in the park. I have three boys and two girls. Okay. They're all, all growing. They're all up. My oldest son is 62. Mm -hmm. He has his own electrical business. He trades under King of Prussia, uh, Upper Marion Electric. Mm -hmm. He has mostly commercial work he right. does. And... Um, then my oldest daughter, she's an RN. She works for a doctor, and she used to work at Leaders for about 15 years. But then her feet got to her; she had too much standing around. So she works for a doctor, home and doctor Nizer in Bridgeport. Right. Then my youngest daughter, she took up cosmetology, but she worked at it for a while. But it got to her fingers; is making her fingers sore. So she works out the school and a cashier at the cash register at the high school. Then my Second son, he worked for the post office. He retired after 38 years, and uh, he's driving one of these student buses now. It takes up special kids, you know, here right. and there, just part-time. And uh, then my youngest youngest son, he works for the state store. He manages the state store, but he's been out of work for about six months. He had a spur taken off his shoulder, and they won't let him go back to work. I said, well, you're a manager. You don't have to pick up. Yeah, but he said, you got to help when they get a truck in. you got to help. The cashier is busy and whatnot, so you help. So, so I don't know when he's going back to work. So he's been with them for 18 years, I guess. Right. He graduated from Villanova. He took up, ma uh, he majored in biology. He ends up a manager for a state store. <laughs> so, so they've all been, they've all remained in the area then? Yeah, yeah. Well, Bobby lives the furthest away. That's the youngest one. He lives up near uh, Gilbertsville. He got a home up there with three mm -hmm. acres, and he owns 30 acres up in Susquehanna County. Mm -hmm. It's uh, part of a farm on a hillside. And he built a log home up there, not a log cabin. A log home oh. is beautiful up there. Mm -hmm. And Frank, he lives down there. He built that big brick house next to his cottage up here on Arden Road, Williamsburg-style home, right. big. And the, my second oldest son, he lives across the street from me. My two daughters live up the street from me. 
across from one another. So um, uh, you said you, you lived uh, down in Gulf Mills and then you uh, bought a house here in on Lawndale Avenue. Is that where you're living now? Lawndale on Falk Rod Boulevard. Right. Yeah, one of the older homes in the park. Mm -hmm. I remember when they built them. I roller skated on them streets when I lived mm -hmm. over there in the Yellow Row. Mm -hmm. And some of those sidewalks are still there, the original ones. That's what was the area like at that time? Well, you had more room to run around and everything. It wasn't a dog-eat-dog -dog like now. I mean, every place you turn, it's congested. And uh, like I say, I used to roller skate, and I, I'll never forget, I bought a bicycle off of somebody on Coach Hill in Bridgeport. I bought it for five bucks, and I don't know if you remember the Coach's Hill come down before they changed it when the turnpike, it used to come straight down and around the Flint Hill Road. Right. Well, I come down here, the thing didn't have no brakes. <laughs> I come down here, I had to flip that thing over the bank, it hit me in the ribs and I broke the wheel. So I ended up carrying it from there all the way over to you, you, or Crooked Lane where I lived with a broken wheel on it. And so I paid five bucks, but I had no bicycle. So know how I was running it? I don't know if you remember the old iron wheels on a wheel bar? Yes. I put one in on the front and I was running around <laughs> like this. <laughs> Humpback job. <laughs> I couldn't afford to get another wheel. Mom and him wouldn't buy no wheel. I'll never forget that. I carried it from there all the way up the railroad to Crooked Lane, where I lived, all the way up to above Church Road. Then mm -hmm. I ended up putting an iron wheel on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Must have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, so then same way as when Pop gave up his motorcycle, I'll never forget I wrapped that thing in a peach tree. It was one of those <laughs> kind you had to kick to start it with right, your feet. right. Well, he had the sidecar on it. Well, when he got a car, he didn't use that. So I used to push it and take a ride with it around the fields near the house. So one day I pushed it. You had to push it to start it. And I opened the throttle up, got out of my hand. Guess where it ended up? Peach tree right in between the sidecar and the, and the motorcycle. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and if it wasn't for that, there's a fellow next door who was just got done putting a cesspool in. It wasn't closed yet. Oh. It had been down in that thing in a big hole like that. So when it was in there, Pop tried to figure out why the frame was bent on that. Nobody knew anything about it. Nobody knew what happened. Well, it didn't get Brent sitting here, he said. So finally I confessed and told him what happened. He said, well, you ought to know better. I said, well, I should have, but I wasn't. It bent that frame to heck. The old peach tree was right in between the two. Same way as he had a couple of geese around there. I'll never forget. I, we used to have to scrub the steps. We had the marble steps, solid marble stone. We were boys, but we all had a turn on a Saturday to scrub the steps. So I just got done scrubbing the steps and I walked around somewhere, there comes a geese up here and started crapping around there. So I had a scrub brush in my hand and I was sitting there and that goose and I just threw it and it hit it in the neck and it went down like a top. And I went down there to give it a kick. So I said, boy, I don't want to kill that thing. If I'll get killed, <laughs> that thing just spun down like a shear. We were devilish in a way like that, but we didn't really destroy anything, you know. We, Right. We used to stand out and sell flowers on Gulf Road. We'd go up in the hundred mile woods. You know where that is, don't you? No. That's the woods above the expressway. That was right. called a hundred mile, mile woods. woods. We used to walk up there and come down on Gulf Road with a bunch of, well, mountain laurel. We'd hmm. stand there and sell it. There'd be about four or five of us sitting there. Cars come along, they'd stop and buy it off you so much a bunch. A car stop, everybody'd run and see who's they'd take first. <laughs> we stand there. We made ten or fifteen bucks on a Sunday there. Oh, then they had, had the flower looks like a, 
azalea, honeysuckle. We used to go up and break in and bring them down. Sell them. And the African violets, we used to, wild violets, we used to mm -hmm. put, put them in a bunch and sell them out there. We used to make 10 or $15. That was a lot of money at that time. Oh, yeah. We used to be there all day. Yeah. But uh, it's funny, when the car would slow down, everybody would start running, see who, whose flowers are going to take. Yeah. So that's what we did. And we used to go pick mushrooms. We picked a lot of mushrooms out of where the Valley Forge Gardens is now. That used to be a tucker zone that had a horse farm there. Mm -hmm. And any place there was horses, you could find mushrooms. Either that or old field, or a lot of dried up weeds. We used to go pick mushrooms to eat for home. Also, it was a certain kind that grew around the stumps in the woods. You had to watch what you picked. They were right. black ones. Mom used to take them and, and cook them up and put butter and onions in with them. We used to eat that. We, we picked everything that we ate just about. Right. Apples, cherries. We had, I'll never forget there, right where the white pigment place is. There's a fellow by the name of Walkovi lived next to us at the Yankee Doodle. And he used to side the hay around for his cow he had. Then up there were some cherry trees, big black cherries, right where they, I don't know what they call them, Gulf Mills Apartments or what, that runs between Henderson Road and Gulf Road. And we used to go up there and get cherries. And he had a little garden, not under the tree, but near there. And he didn't want us to pick cherries up there. So one time he come and he tore that thing up about eight foot. So we couldn't climb the trees. Well, we got smart. We pulled a branch down, pulled up on a branch. He'd come up here. We'd be sitting up there. We couldn't get down because he waited for us <laughs> till he got tired of it, <laughs> and he took off. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. Old walking over. He used to chew tobacco. Apples the same way. It was apple trees. You could pick apples. He had all kind of good, big cherry trees around there, and uh, strawberries, blackberries. Mom used to send us out with a ten-quart water bucket, pick blackberries. Don't come home till it's full. You might come back in about five hours if you didn't have a good spot. But if you had a good spot to pick, you could fill it up in no time. Mm -hmm. Same way as strawberries, but you don't have anything around here yeah. anymore. Nothing like that. Railroad ties, we used to go up and pick railroad ties for firewood. Baked potatoes in the coal stove, you take the lid and shove the potato up underneath here where the smoke went out. And you toast your bread, you put the toast right on top of the lid of the stove. Right. Uh, and you didn't go in the icebox, and I mean, if you didn't eat what was on the table, you didn't have no refrigerator, you didn't have no Geno's. You ate that, and you didn't get nothing to eat. <laughs> you had to eat it. So, so <clears throat> you you uh, you operated the uh, Donaski Petroleum Company. Mm -hmm. When did that start? And how did you get into that? Seventy-six. How did you get into that? Well, I worked for a distributor part time when I worked in a machine shop. I worked at night. I knew the people alone. It was a private a jobber. They had Sinclair, and it was Richfield, and it changed to Sinclair. Remember Richfield mm -hmm. Gas? Yeah. Well, he was a distributor, and I worked for him. Well, I used to help him. The owner, I used to help him. I used to go to Philly with a trailer with him and ride. Then um, one Sunday, I'd never forget that thing. And I never took the trailer myself down to Philadelphia. That's when he had to go down the street and had the expressway down over the hills in Roxburgh and all. Right. So he told me, he said, you take that and you get me a load of oil. He said, I'm not going. I said, I ain't going to take that thing. So go ahead, you drive it around here. And uh, so I went down, I had to go down through Roxburgh and down over Showmont and Leverington Avenue and start freezing drizzle that. And them cobblestone streets freeze fast. 
I didn't know whether to get on the pot or get off the pot. So I just babied that thing down to City Line Avenue. That's why I went straight down the ridge and up City Line and Belmont Avenue into uh, 58th and Schuylkill. That's where we were hauling from. So when I come back, I said, well, let me go back and get down Belmont Avenue, see what that's like. I had two pants going down there with cinders on it. And I had 7,400 gallon of fuel on that thing. I got down the bottom of the hill there, it was fine. Then I went around and had to go up Leverington Avenue, that's all cobblestone streets there, and it was freezing on that. I burnt more rubber going up there, trying to get up. I didn't stop, I just kept going all the way up there, and I sweated that day, I'll tell you. It took me four hours to make that trip, where normally you can make it in two hours. I brought it back, I said, boy, you sent me down here at a good time, Joe. So that's <laughs> where I learned how to drive a trailer and stuff, right. and everything. And, then finally, when I used to help him, he asked me, he said, you can do this job for a couple hours a night. I ended up, I was working in a machine shop and maintenance. I'd, I'd finish up there around four and I'd go over there and work for him until about two in the morning. I'd be driving the truck at nighttime. And that's, but then when the Amico built the terminal, which I had over there, it started out as a commission agent. And uh, I inquired about it. It was about 10 different people after it was my experience. I had to go through I guess about 12 individuals from the companies, so they okayed me that I could be a job uh, agent. So I took that, and then in '76 I bought the plant, and we went all jobber shipper all on. Well, we had to, if we got a new customer and we were agents, we had to get their approval for them to take it. If you took it on your own, the people didn't pay their bill; they took it out of your check. I had a check for $25 for about six years. That's all. <laughs> And uh, when I bought the place, I put my house up for a hawk. I bought the plant. Right now, it's the value of that plant right now with all the tanks and all. I got all underground stuff. They're all updated and everything. The value of it now is around a million and a quarter, million and a half, just for the property. Yeah, where is this located now? East Norton. Yeah, whereabouts in East Norton? You know where Felton Road is? No. Know where Germantown Pike yes. is? You know where the railroad crosses Germantown Pike by yeah. Penn Square? Yeah. Well, just before you're going west, there's a felt road comes out there. I'm back here. I plant back here. I got just about two acres. I got a warehouse there where I warehouse motor oils and greases too, you know. And I have a yard with fenced-in yard and everything. I got a nice plant over there. Yeah. And, and trucks deliver? Or you have trucks with that to, to deliver your product? Yeah, I have tractor and trailer, and I have three straight jobs. Mm -hmm. Then I have... BRT, Buck Run Transportation Halls, a lot for me. Mm -hmm. I used to have 15 gas stations at one time. I cut them down to two now. I can't I, I, I can't be spending my money on somebody else's station. It cost you 150, 200,000 to update them today. Right. And if the guys can't pay it, I don't want to. I told them I, I did that for the first five years there. I'd spend my money on there. You got to get return on it. Take you God's years to get your money back. You put 150, 200,000 out in the equipment and stuff like that and update everything. I use that money for my own. I update all my stuff. My stuff here, I can sell it. I don't have to worry about the environmental things or anything. I have leak detectors and tank monitoring and everything in my place. I got one of the nicest jobbers that Amico has around. They got the plant. They keep it nice, keep my trucks nice. Got nice grass around there. I never planted it. It was weeds when I started. I got it down. That's green as that thing back there. Mm -hmm. But I like it. And I can sell it anytime I want, but I just, 
I can't. I I don't know what I'd do if I quit. Yeah. I can retire anytime I want. I I don't have to work at all. But just, it, just enjoying what you're doing now. You know, I, you, you got to enjoy what you're doing to like it. Sure. If you don't, you're forcing yourself. You might as well forget about it. I know several guys that had a job or ship for Amico like me. They give up after five years. I know one was a, a job or sales manager, what they call from the company. They used to call on you, you know. It was somebody retired down in North Carolina somewhere, and he, he wanted to take it. You know how long he lasted? One year. One year. Because he didn't want to go out and drive a truck. He wanted to sit in the office. I drive a truck. I do paperwork, and I go out and see new accounts, go out and complaints and everything. You got to. And yeah. uh, I, I can't sit in the office. What little paperwork I do, the rest of it, Frank's wife, my daughter-in-law, does it in the computer in the office, so I... Uh, I can't sit around. It's, I go over there seven days a week. Mm -hmm. The um, it, it is just part of your life right now, huh? Yeah. Well, like I say, I I've been doing it for so long, you know. Mm -hmm. So you got to like it, you know. If you didn't like it, might as well get out of it. Right. I don't know what I'd do with myself if I didn't do something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if my legs give out that I and I don't feel like I can do it, I just get off the trucks. I can always. I have people want to buy the place, but they want me to work for them. I said, if I sell, I ain't going to work with somebody else. Right. I got a lot of distributors want to buy that. Some big companies, they want they want it for a place where they can, when they're in the area, they can load out of without going back to Philly and whatnot. It's drop off. I got a 100,000 gallon storage over there. I got five 20,000 gallon tanks down there, mm -hmm. all underground. I had them all updated and everything, so... I got a nice over there. I like it. I got nice equipment. My, my equipment isn't junk. Mm -hmm. My trucks are as good. I got one over there. It's 27 years old. you think it was a brand new one. I use that for a spare, and I like that better than the new ones I got. But today, to buy one of them, it costs you $170,000. What I've got in them, yeah. I mean, I've got everything modern in them. You know, I don't just have a plain truck. King of Prussia and the King of Prussia Inn and, and things of this nature. Can you recall any of these uh, events that uh, were important to you? Well, that inn that they moved, I remember going in there getting ice cream. Do you? Yeah, it was a colored fellow. He used to, I don't know, I guess he was a bartender or something. We were on bicycles. You go in and get a hand-dipped ice cream cone in there for 10 cents, a big one, too. Mm -hmm. I forget the guy's name. And I remember the Peacock Gardens there. I was in there. That's when I got inducted as an agent for Amico. They had me there for a big dinner. And then that place, and right up the road there, just before you get on the turnpike, where are crossing Valley Forge, not quite up the valley, yeah, near Valley Forge Golf Course, used to be a driving range. Bill Wills, he used to be the tax collector. He owned that property, and the, the, the football coach we had, he had that in the summer, a driving range. I used to work for him in the summertime, cut the grass and everything. And uh, I'll never forget, that's where I learned to eat Pork and beans and, and a sandwich and blue plums out of the can up there. He used yeah. to have up there. Yeah, it was right across from the golf course. Yeah. There's a driving range here. And then Crockett's had a driving range. You remember them? No, but I, heard, I remember hearing It's right that. there where the Johnson Inn is now, yeah, I think. Right. Howard Johnson. And then across from here, Art Cummins had a gas station. Right. And what the heck was the guy's name? I had it before him. He worked for him. Yes, the... Um I can't. I'm thinking about it. Ed Mack. Ed Mack. Yeah, yeah, he had it. 
Then um, Art Cummins had a gas station down there at the corner of Henderson and 202, where is the Sunoco station. A little ways up right. from there was, he had a garage there and he had Esso, Art did. Mm -hmm. And across from there where the bank is, the, what is it there now? At the, There's a Citizens Bank over there. And that was, yeah. yeah, that was a little gas station and that Sinclair gas station, two mm -hmm. pumps there, old Fred Harris, the guy's name was that there, he's sort of crippled. And he had a place he lived on one side and had like a big opening, then another building where he kept his oil and stuff in there. And in the back of that, it was a garage area. The guy had it, it was called Frank Malloy. Frank Malloy, he had a garage. He was a good old time mechanic on old cars, right, right in the back of the bank it was. It was part of that property. Frank Malloy had that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they finally talked me into coming over here. I could talk all day long about this old township. Oh, well, maybe we'll get you back and talk some more. Yeah, well, I, I could tell a lot more, but it'd take you days to get it all out. Well, that's that's all right. That's what we're here for. We got because you got an important story to tell. But like yeah. I say, that's where I spend all my life. Eighty-six years. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming by today. Well, I appreciate being here. Being yeah. with Frank, you know my son Frank. Yeah, he's the one who told me that Higgins was talking to him. I said, "Where'd you see him? And who is he?" And he told me. Then I found out tonight who he is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll be happy that I came. Because yeah. he's always trying to push me to go somewhere and I don't want to go, you know. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming by and well, I'm, sure, I'm sure our viewers will appreciate you too. That's it for this edition of Remember When. I'm Carl Schulteis, president of the King of Prussia Historical Society and your host for this series of Upper Marion Township's oral history. Thanks for watching. Until next time and always, Remember when.